Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. I mentioned about uh, some of the moves that the Flyers made, but obviously it all started when the lottery balls uh, fell their way. Maybe it could have gone one pick better, but still at number two overall. I'll tell you what, I think we got the best player in the draft, so I'm I'm pretty happy. I mean, New Jersey, I guess, had a choice to make, and, and they left us with the uh, kind of consensus number one overall for a number of years now, so I, I don't think it could have gone any better for us. Uh, the surgery that prevented him from participating in any type of initial camp, was that a surprise in terms of it was not revealed until the fact that he wasn't around? Like, how did that work? Well, um, I think it was kind of a surprise that it happened, um, you know, to us, kind of the general public, but I certainly don't think it was a surprise to the team. Um, He had his surgery here in Philadelphia, and it was performed by pretty much the the Wayne Gretzky of abdominal injury surgeons. So um, it's pretty clear that the team knew exactly what was going on. They knew that he was going to have the procedure well before they decided to draft him. And so I don't think there's any worry there at all with his health or how he's going to be going forward. Yeah, then it you know so sort of predicated you know Braden the Braden Shen move and a few other things. So uh, talk about the Philadelphia Flyers uh, beyond uh, getting Nolan Patrick and other little tinkering they've done and and what your thinking is on it. So I think the most interesting thing that's happened in the last 24 hours is it, it came out. Um, from one of the guys over in Montreal at TSN 690 that the Flyers are talking to Andre Markov about a possible contract. Um, in fact, I, I think the exact quote that he was the only team, the only team that he's talking to right now are, are the Flyers. And that's pretty interesting considering that after the draft and after the free agency period, uh, Ron Hextall pretty explicitly said that he was not really planning on making any big signings. And he really didn't want to bring in any veterans that would possibly block any of the young guys that we have coming up. And um, with at least two of Travis Sanheim, um, Robert Haig, Sam Moran, Phil Myers, those four guys are really right on the cusp, if not ready already. So bringing in a defenseman would possibly block one of them. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen there. Well, I could, I could see it maybe uh, if it's a year or two, uh, maybe a little transition period to have a veteran guy who can help run the power play, provide a little guidance for some of these younger guys as they move into the lineup and give them an opportunity to win now before those guys are ready. Is that maybe one way to look at it? I think so, and I think that would be the ideal situation. If we can get Markov on a short-term contract, um, kind of as a, as a leader for these young guys coming up, the only issue is that he's going to command a lot of money. I mean, even at 38 years old, he's still a very, very good defenseman. Um, and the Flyers have about, I think, two and a half, three million dollars $3 million in cap room when all is said and done. So if they're going to bring in Markov, they're going to have to dump some salary, and it would be interesting to see where Hextall decides to cut. Yeah. Well, that is, and actually we are heading Montreal way in about uh, 40 minutes, so we'll check in on that from the Montreal point of view. As you mentioned, uh, Kelly Hinkle joining us and talking about some talk of Andre Markov possibly heading 
to the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, he would be out for one or two years, probably a good guy to include on that D. And and you mentioned left to tweak some cap money if they're going to do it. And the other one is um, Shane Gostaspare. They decided to hitch their wagon to a guy that, you know, really hit with a flurry, all those kind of timely goals. Then last year came back to reality a little bit and that. And, you know, when it's all said and done, what do you think of Shane Gostasbare, the guy they've invested quite heavily in? I'm I'm still very high on Gostasbare, and I'm very excited to see what happens to him this season. I think after that initial kind of half-season rookie year that he had, which was absolutely explosive and unbelievable. He, he pretty much put that team on his back and dragged them into the playoffs that season. Um, it was reasonable to expect that he was going to regress a little bit. That kind of performance is hard to keep up on a year-to-year basis. And in addition to that, uh, he did have that hip surgery over the offseason that kind of, I think, hampered him a little bit last year. That, with the addition of a new coach that was kind of, I think, feeling out Shane's game. Um, this season, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens if they take the leash off of him let him play the offensive game that he is great at. I think we're going to see a lot of really good things from him. Uh, Kelly, the goaltending situation, interesting with Mason moving on. They save a little money, but they bring in Brian Elliott, who did not have a, a sterling postseason. Um, what's the reaction been around there about the next chapter of the goaltending saga? the most part, uh, Flyers fans are, are pretty happy with the way that this ended up. I mean, it's, it's kind of the best case scenario for a less than ideal situation. Um, numbers wise, Brian Elliott and Steve Mason are almost equal um, up and down seasons from both of them. High points in their careers that kind of came down a bit over the last couple of years. And I think that Brian Elliott, a lot like when Steve Mason came to Philly, is a bit of a project that we're hoping will bounce back to kind of the numbers that we saw out of him in St. Louis rather than what we saw out of him in Calgary. Um, It's a shame that we had to move on from Steve Mason, but it seemed like that kind of had run its course. Um, But but bringing in Brian Elliott, I think, was the best option. It's a short-term deal. There's a lot of good young goaltending prospects in the Flyers pipeline that should be ready to – make a transition in the next couple of years. So signing a guy like Brian Elliott to a two-year contract gives the Flyers a bridge that they need to allow those guys to get ready. And also, I think he'll, he'll be a solid goaltender, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that signing. Is Stolar still considered in that mix, or did he have his crack at it, or are they talking more about a Carter Hart, or there's a couple other guys in the pipeline? Like, Is that, is that where the hopes lie? Stolarz is interesting because I think for a while it was kind of assumed that at some point he would be the starting goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers, but he's had kind of a a few pretty average seasons um, up in Allentown with the Phantoms in the AHL. So that, I think, coupled with the fact that we have guys like Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom um, over in Sweden absolutely killing it in their respective leagues, I think that at this point we're kind of thinking that the ceiling on Stolars is probably going to be solid NHL backup, and we've got a starter coming up in the next couple of years. Yeah, you know, one of the interesting points you mentioned about the goaltending is certainly Brian Elliott. Uh, yeah, that that could be a diamond in the rough just because things ended so horribly in the playoffs for him in Calgary. So, so hopefully he gets back on track, a real good guy. But boy, Winnipeg really went rather big with Steve Mason. I know the term, but two years. $8.2 million. So it'll be intriguing to see if he can give that kind of goaltending 
in Winnipeg that uh, at the end of the day he wasn't able to do in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think um, I think Mason's an interesting guy, and I think that he benefited a lot from a change of scenery from Columbus to Philly, and I think he's probably going to get the same benefit from a change of scenery moving into Winnipeg. Um, you know, they're a pretty good team. It's a good fan base. It should be a good situation for him to be in, and I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that he finds success there. And and if you got and you still have Michael Neuvert as the insurance policy there, F- fans could look at him that way. Uh, this I, I just kind of get the feeling like there's been a few tweaks, uh, notwithstanding the net mining situation, but it's almost as if the Flyers and the Markov talk kind of adds to this. We're waiting for two, three, four, five young guys to maybe or maybe not burst onto the scene. And in the meantime, it's kind of status quo. It's almost like they're in a little holding pattern until they can get these guys in there and then they they can hope, they're hoping they can win with what they have. Yeah, I think so. And and Hexel's been very clear about that during his tenure as our general manager. He's been very clear that this is going to be a very patient, very measured approach to rebuilding this team into a cup contender. And I think the thing that interests me most about the Markov talk is that it kind of makes me think um, that, you know, we kind of assumed that the timeline was accelerated when those lottery balls hit in our favor. Um, Landing Nolan Patrick is something that we absolutely did not expect to happen. And having it happen really puts the team in a place that it might not have been for four or five years without that good fortune. And it, it makes me think that the team is kind of thinking, okay, maybe we can compete a little bit better than we might have been able to. And so if we bring in a guy like Markov, it's kind of like Toronto bringing in Marlowe. You know, they they have all of these kids, but if you're really going to make a push for it now, you do need that veteran presence. And I'm wondering if Hexall's thinking along those same lines. Well, as you said, interesting times. And certainly if uh, Nolan Patrick is anything like the top two picks for the last couple of years around the National Hockey League, that's great news for Philadelphia Flyer fans. Hey, Kelly, thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. You too. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.